0: This is episode 8 of season 3, Trash Talking with Eco-Warriors, featuring Anu Manon from Driftaway Coffee.
1: You're tuning in to Trash Talking with Eco-Warriors, where women share inspiring stories about their careers in green business, sustainability, and conservation. Here's your host, Barbara Lee.
0: I'm sure that there's a coffee lover or an avid coffee drinker on your list of people to buy gifts for this year. Or maybe it's yourself. Maybe you drink a lot of coffee. Well, statistically, 500 billion cups of coffee are consumed around the world every year, and 63% of adults in America drink coffee. You're probably also brewing coffee at home these days instead of going out to your favorite coffee shop. Because of that, we wanted to incorporate a story about the sustainable coffee brand that we are a big fan of. From closely sourced fair-priced beans to sustainable packaging, including even the compostable labels, Anu and her husband Suyag started with one small coffee roaster and grew their business into a thriving subscription coffee company. Anu talks about how after they got the brand off the ground, they realized to make it something they were really passionate about, they had to think about the sustainability aspect. Let's get trash talking. Hey Anu, welcome to Trash
1: Talking. Hey, glad to be here, thanks. Cool. Well, tell us who you are and what it is that you do. Uh, My name is Anu Menon, and I'm the co-founder of Drift Away Coffee. Uh, We're a sustainability-focused coffee roaster based right here in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, we focus on subscriptions, so we send subscriptions of fresh roasted coffee all over the world. And we
0: were just talking about this, about how cool it is that you do the subscription model, but also what makes coffee
1: sustainable? So with Drift Away Coffee, specifically, we've looked at sustainability um, from like two lengths. So one is we th- think about the people and planet. Um, so from a people perspective, we look at, well, how are we making sure that um, as coffee travels from like all over the place, how are we making sure that um, people are paid fair prices to... Grow the coffee to grow coffee itself. Um, how do we make sure that, um, from, um, how do we make sure that we are sort of telling the story of coffee farmers, kind of conveying that information also to produce uh, two people over here? Because a lot of people don't realize that coffee actually does grow. Really far away, and there's mm-hmm. so many hands that it kind of passes before it reaches us. Um, so those are a few things on the people side, and then from a planet perspective, we've sort of made sure that all our packaging itself is compostable. So um, our bags are compostable, our labels, or even our even the adhesive on the sh- on the <laughs> coffee labels are. <laughs> it's, that was a really big like when we were researching. Oh, I didn't God. realize how hard that is yeah. to. To get 100% compostable labels, I did not know it's really hard to do or to get. So, um, yeah, and even even the mailers itself, the um, little mailers in which the coffee comes in, yeah. they're also plant-based. And um, so sort of trying to make, kind of trying to, try to create no waste at the end of it when you get the coffee package in your hand. That's
0: super cool. Yeah, and we were, we were talking about this with a, a coworker of mine about, like, you know, people don't understand, like, the, the chain in the process, like, coffee grows around the equator and then it has to be roasted somewhere and then it has to be distributed out to these different places that then use the coffee um so as how you kind of like took a look at all those different parts of the models
1: like so we roast the coffee ourselves um so we roast the coffee out in um red hook in brooklyn and so we get coffees from coffee importers um especially at our size i think if you're if you're much larger you're able to actually get coffee, like directly have direct relationships with farms out uh, in all these countries. And the countries that we normally get coffee from or the continents are like in Central America, um, Africa, uh, South America. So those are the norm- like we're getting coffee from Guatemala and Brazil and Kenya, like those are the mix, like all those different countries. And so at our size, uh, we work with these, co- the coffee normally comes in like big shipping containers. So unless you can get a full container with full of all of coffees from a farm, um, normally most smaller coffee roasters work with importers. And so in order to sort of negotiate, like to f- kind of figure out like what's the most sustainable way to get coffee in, uh, what we try to do is we work with really good specialty coffee importers who uh, they're reputed and as much as possible trying to have transparency in pricing, which is pretty complicated because of just the entire way the entire system is set up. And so what we've done on our end is as much as possible, well, we always, we share the price that we pay to our coffee importers right on our website. So for all the coffees, um, we share that price. And we actually, for if you in fact, if you go to any of our coffee pages, we, not only that, we also share the uh, coffee commodity price, which mm-hmm. is basically so at the time that we were buying, this is what the price was uh, at the sea market, which is which has been really really low for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and then the fair trade price, which is usually um, at a benchmark above the C price, and then what's the price we are paying um, for the coffee itself, which is always much higher. Um, but at, at the same time, I think what would what is what makes this whole thing really complicated is what would be great to really know is how much you how much people who work who are producing a coffee are actually getting at the end of the day mm-hmm. um, and making sure that the workers are getting and, th- and that's the sort of that level of transparency, just because of a very complicated supply chain is really hard to get. And on top of it we actually do about four coffees every month so four different coffees every month so we go through 52 coffees essentially in a year which which is what again makes it really hard to have that level of transparency for each and every coffee but that would be my ideal state to be able to do that well i love that you're striving
0: towards that um is it also like do you guys do organic or is it shade grown like do you know anything about like the growing status
1: yeah, we. Um, so it's not all organic or shape grown. For some of them they are, uh, but not always. Um, again, in some cases, just even getting certified organic is complicated mm-hmm. and expensive. Um, so we've definitely not restricted ourselves to being certified organic or... Um, so ours is a mix, I would say, in some cases, they are certified organic. Um, our facility over here isn't, so at the end of the day, we, we wouldn't be able to certify the roasted coffee mm-hmm. as organic. We generally do a mix of coffees. Talk to me more about why this was
0: so important to you to like start this business and kind of create a sustainable coffee brand.
1: So I used to work in uh, marketing before and Drift Away started as a passion project. It came from a need to do work that um, I'd be proud about. So my, my co-founder is my husband actually, so, and So we started this company because we wanted to do something that felt impactful and that we would be excited about. We started at a point when we were sort of questioning, what did we really want out of life? What do we really want out of work? And that's where Driftaway came from. And so when we started Driftaway, it didn't always have a sustainability angle in it it was the beginning was kind of just trying to find work that we were we would really enjoy and be passionate about and care about but once we sort of settled like in a few years and we got profitable we, you know we had customers and the next step for us logically came from directly from again if we wanted to build a company that we'd be proud of Sustainability was one of the most important things for us, and that's why, that's why we then went around to here's what we're doing so far with sustainability how can we do it better And I do, and I think at where we are now, I'd say we're just we've made a few steps in, in terms of making driftaway sustainable, but what would truly make us even more proud of uh, what we're doing would be to work on more sustainability related projects for driftaway. Yeah. Well, why is the sustainability aspect so important to you? Um, I think like hands down, like in terms of like, I think climate climate change is the biggest problem that we're facing for all of us right now. And so uh, wanting to do work that would help solve that or help reduce our impact right from like, we've done things where we have measured our carbon footprint, seen ways where you could reduce it, have carbon offset projects. Um, So yeah, I think it just comes from a basic belief system where we know that when we produce something, like produce goods, we know that we are affecting a carbon footprint. So how can we reduce it? Do you have like a fun
0: story or anything to share about like something that happened along the way when you were trying to build out this this company?
1: So actually, it's more about when we were starting Drift Away. So when we started Drift Away, uh, we started we were roasting coffee at home. We had a tiny uh, roaster. Uh, I was doing this full time, like I was, uh, Working on Drift Away full time, whereas Seok was still um, he had a full time job while we were trying to figure this out, and so we had a tiny little roaster, um, like a like a microwave sized, and it would do like (laughs) eight ounces. (laughs) It would do eight ounces, not even like even not (laughs) even really one bag. Uh, And we said, you know, we had we didn't have money. We were like, oh well, we'll start this way, and let's. Get it out to customers. Let's see what happens, um, and then once we know that this idea actually works, um, we'll figure out the rest of it. Right? Figure out roasting. Figure out how we can rent a roaster and so on. Um, so we were doing. So we started this way. We got the website ready. We got packaging ready. We got all of it. Uh, and then for marketing, and of course, you know, you build all of this, and unless you do any marketing, there's really nothing that's going to happen. So for marketing, we started um, reaching out to influencers and we reached out to, one person we reached out to was um, Marco Arment, who's one of, uh, like a really prominent developer, um, and Silk so literally just tweeted to him saying, Hey, I'm just starting a company, a coffee company, and we'd love to just send you a sample. And so we sent him a sample uh, and... Like he and at this point we had like three four customers which is basically friends who were being nice to us (laughs) (laughs) and then he tweeted and literally overnight we had two hundred customers oh wow and we we had this one tiny (laughs) thing that was doing eight ounces and literally and. we, our idea of like literally expanding was to get one more of that right next to it. And we would just literally go from 8 a.m. in the morning to 11 p.m. roasting tiny, tiny, tiny bits of coffee and shipping them out. That's hilarious. I <laughs> it was, I, when I think back, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I cannot believe we did that. That's the typical startup story, though, right? Yeah.
0: So if you had one tip for someone at home during this, you know, pandemic who is looking to live a little bit more sustainably what would you give them as your one tip
1: one thing that we've done we actually changed out so we'd have a trash bag and we'd have like our trash bag and right behind it we used to have a recycling bin and what we changed out is that we moved our recycling bin further away and instead put our put a compostable bin first and then trash behind uh in our kitchen and we realized that that really changed our mindset on when we put anything in trash, where we would actually think, wait, instead of first thinking, like, instead of default, just going to trash or or recycling, our default is something compostable. Suddenly, we realized that almost all our waste, especially in the kitchen, is all in that space, and there's very little actual waste. That was an interesting mindset change that I realized happened by making a very small change in how we were doing things. We, in fact, tried to even... Build your own composting. There was an NY Times article on like building your own uh, self-compostable thing that you can put even in your living room or in your balcony.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we tried doing that, but that didn't quite work out for us. So now <laughs> next step.
0: Yeah, there's next like step. the vokashi method, which is one that you can yes. do, yeah, yourself at home. Well, I guess the other thing that people should do though is buy your coffee. And uh, if they're at home and they're drinking That's coffee true. anyways, <laughs> buy sustainable coffee.
1: And uh, coffee is actually also uh, good for like it makes good fertilizer. So don't don't throw your coffee away. Natural. Add it to your uh, plants. There you go,
0: Annie. Thank you so much for for joining us. If people want to find you, what what's the website?
1: Uh, it's driftaway.coffee. Yeah, we have uh, we even recently started cold brew. So we have some cold brew blends and cold brew subscriptions out there.
0: Amazing, Annie. Thank you so
1: much for your time. Thank you so much. This was this was wonderful. It was great talking to you.
0: It's that time of year when people are thinking about what gifts to buy their loved ones, and I think this is a wonderful opportunity to really think deeply about the impact of your purchases. No, you don't have to buy everyone on your list a reusable bag or a reusable water bottle. We do encourage you, however, to do your research on the sort of products and companies that your dollars are going to support. Tune in again next week. Stay green, Rebels. Season 3 of Trash Talking with Eco Warriors is sponsored by Plain Products. Plain Products is a zero-waste personal care company that uses refillable aluminum bottles. Their shampoos, soaps, and oils are toxin-free and vegan, so they're good for you and good for the planet. Visit the link in the show notes or go to plainproducts.com, that's P-L-A-I-N-E products.com and use promo code TRASHY20 to get 20% off your first order of zero-waste shampoos, conditioners, and hand sanitizer.
1: Thanks for talking dirty with us. Tune in next week for more trash talking with eco-warriors. For more inspiration, follow us on Instagram at TrashyBeautyCo.